Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is January the 29th, 2024. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, work was work. We're back at it yet again. Um, uh, sick watch, uh, the sickness continues. It's definitely official. I got a little cold, little sinus infection, uh, but we're handling it. Okay. Um, overall, I feel all right. Uh, I will say I had one of those, um, eyes bigger than my stomach moments. And I think it was kind of sick related. Um, my food corner, uh, yesterday was a kind of scran. I, I kind of threw a bunch of things on a plate. I was still feeling a BLT, but I wanted to make my version, which is aka a BLT with an O or onion. So it was. It always feels nice to like make a little BLT at home. I don't know what it is about it. I just love it. So made one of those. Um, I had popcorn chicken, fries, and then two hot dogs because I was missing hot dogs. I hadn't had a hot dogs like all week. I needed the glizzies. Um, but needless to say, I got into it, like all the food and I just like, I got through my, my BLTO and then I got through a hot dog and I was just nibbling and I was just like, oh, I'm full. Well, well shit. <laughs> and I hate that feeling. Cause you know, I've said this to y'all before. I hate wasting, but I hate leftovers. I think a little bit more, especially these days when it comes to like my weight and stuff, like I get like really mentally self-conscious when I know I'm full and I keep trying to do the thing where I keep eating. I'm like, Isaiah, stop it. Like you literally know better. Don't do this. So, you know, I scrapped it. I moved on with my day, my life. And uh, here we are. (laughs) Overall, though, like I said, you know, despite the sickness, despite the, um, you know, my gluttony or lack of gluttony, uh, we're doing good. I'm feeling overall all right mentally. I will say maybe this is me being a little too personal for the audience, but like, I had a a moment at work and this happens to me, you know, sometimes it's out of the blue. It just, a thought will hit you and it leads to another one. It leads to another and it winds up in a bad thought that makes you sad or whatever. But, um, I was listening to a story about dementia and what I grasped from it, they were essentially saying like, Hey, we found a thing that can make, um, that can help dementia patients out with music. And that's, that's so sweet. It's so great. But, um, it just made me think about my dad and, um, uh, that was something that he had to deal with, and it was a really big bummer for me. Uh, <clears throat> and the you know the family, friends, and all that stuff, kind of going through that. But um, yeah, you, you process those kind of emotions when they come, maybe like now, and um, you you get through it. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's kind of nice thing about my job. If I ever need to have a little cry, I can just uh, you know duck down in my little dumpster, and no one can see me. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> Okay, anyway, uh, enough of the sad stuff, uh, enough of the food talk. Um, I'm probably going to do something I shouldn't do and do my startup um, because, you know, hey, sometimes it's just nice to relax at whatever cost. Okie dokie. From the Associated Press, Biden says U.S. shall respond after drone strike by Iran-backed group kills three U.S. in 
three three U.S. troops in Jordan. Excuse me. <coughs> President Joe Biden said Sunday that the U.S. shall respond after three American troops were killed and dozens more were injured in an overnight drone strike in northeast Jordan near the Syrian border. Biden blamed Iran-backed militias for the first U.S. fatalities after months of strikes by such groups against American forces across the Middle East since the start of the Israel-Hamas war. Biden, who was traveling to in South Carolina, asked for a moment of silence during an appearance at a Baptist church's banquet hall. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm, you know, I'm always upset to cover any kind of loss of life for whatever fucking reason. Um, but, yeah, this was a um, a base, I believe, in Jordan called uh, Tower 22. Um, it was hit by a large drone strike and it killed three people as well as injuring, I think, about 25 or more, um, you know, soldiers. I think the base has about 300 plus, um, like, members in it. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is just kind of an, an, an escalation of the tit-for-tat that we've been covering just in the Middle East. Uh, a lot of fingers are, are getting pointed at Iran. Iran has come out and said, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. We didn't do this. We don't condone this. This isn't us. Um, but granted, they're going to be guilty by association because, um, it, the, the militia that did it is more or less linked to them, you know, by like in a proxy kind of way. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it's another escalation. It's very unfortunate because I don't think this is going to fix or solve anything. And what I mean by that is like Biden doing a retaliation. Um, you know, we don't know exactly how that's going to come, how that's going to go, but for sure, you know, Biden has promised that it will. Um, and of course I'll be, you know, I'll be there to cover that, but, um, I'll read a little bit more here before we move on. U.S. troops long have used Jordan, a kingdom bordering Iraq, Israel, the Palestinian territory of the West Bank, Saudi Arabia, and Syria as a basing point. Some 3000 American troops typically are stationed across Jordan. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, any loss of life is unfortunate, but I, I, I just, I really hate this shit because I know that the Americans are going to respond in kind. And what I mean by in kind could just be any kind of gruesome fucking war crime. You know what I mean? And it's just going to be deemed as okay by the West and most people because like, oh, well, they attacked us. And it's like, no, like I said before, we've been covering this shit throughout and not just October 7th, like beyond, like before that shit. You know what I mean? There's so there's always so much history in these moments. And, um, you know, they often just kind of get spun as like, oh, Iran, Iran bad. You know, are, are the, the axes of resistance, they're all bad. It's like the axes of evil. Like, I can feel the Western, like, media trying to make that connotation, like, every day. And it's very frustrating to me because, like, I, all nation states are good and bad. Like, however you want to look at it, they are always doing evil fucking shit. And, and then, you know, saying it for the, the goodest of motives and morals. So no matter what side you're on, you gotta you gotta see and call out the bullshit. You know what I mean? So obviously, like I said, it, it this sucks. It's bad, but um, I, I just fear the retaliation from America because you know they're gonna fucking slam their fucking fist on the table with this shit. You you already fucking know. <sighs> so yeah, but like I said, I'll be here to post it. Um, you know, unless I like I don't know get sick or die, that'd be fucked up. <laughs> All right, let me not get too morbid. Let me move on to the next thing. Back to farmers, dude. Far this might be the year of the farmer, bro. I didn't expect that, but it might be it. Let let's get into it. From The Guardian. 
France warns farmers that blocking Paris market will be the red line in protest. France has told its farmers that any action to block access to Paris's main market for fresh food will be crossing a red line as a tractor protest made good on a threat to blockade the city for an indefinite period, stopping traffic on eight main motorways, motorways into the capital in a row over regulations, pay, and taxes. Now, I think this is something that maybe the, you know, the average simpleton mind like myself, if you tell me, oh, the farmers are going to protest, I'm thinking they're just going to do a vanilla protest like everybody. You know what I mean? Like, and for example, when we talked about the um, UAW protest, we, we didn't see a bunch of motherfuckers roll up in cars, blocking streets and shit. You know what I mean? You just saw the typical picket lines. But honestly, I fucking love that Germany and France have literally put their literal career into this protest. Like, no, bitch, these tractors are on the street. These tractors are in the way. You want to get around them every single day, every single night? Mm, okay, it's either this or pay us what we need to, to live because this is what we're asking for. And I, and I fucking love that. I'm sorry. I have like three fucking cheers for them. Um, I'm rooting for them all the fucking way. Um, for France, though, essentially, they're, they're, they're trying to make this quote-unquote red line, I feel, because they really want this shit to stop. Like, they don't want to be impeded by yet again another protest. I mean, shit, last year, France was fucking on fire because they raised the retirement age. People were like, hell the fuck no. So they just don't want a repeat of that in 2024 in any kind of way, shape, or form, fashion. So they're like, yo, y'all got to be quote-unquote civil about this. Um, and really, I also think it's them trying to wait it out. I, I was listening to BBC, and I think if they, they that officials kind of think that these farmers only have about maybe a week or so of like hyper-effective protesting before they have to kind of start going back to the fields to do their shit. Um, and I think they're kind of banking on that and trying to take advantage of this. And so they're trying to say, hey, 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 you can protest, you can protest, this is France, yes, vive la revolution, but you you have to not block the motorways. Uh, yes, I know, my French is, my French accent is terrible, I'm, I'm sick, whatever, fuck you. Um, the first motorway barrage, I love that, was reported shortly after, before 2 p.m. when 30 tractors blocked the A4 20 miles east of Paris in both directions. Shortly afterwards, the A13, about 35 miles northwest of Paris, was blocked in the direction of the capital. Tractors were reported to have blocked other main routes into and out of the city, forcing motorists to use congested side roads, which they also said were blocked. I mean, if it, if they are trying to like surround this shit. I got to give them fucking credit. They are more effective than the IDF, I think. I mean, they are really down to fucking like get what is theirs. And I fucking respect that shit. Hell yeah. Farmers, particularly the country's thousands of independent producers, say they are being strangled by EU and French bureaucracy and regulations and claim the traditional way of rural life is facing collapse. They are demanding fair prices for produce, the continuation of subsidies on the agricultural diesel used to run their tractors and other vehicles and financial aid for organic farmers. Yeah, I, I heard someone talk about this in an interview and essentially they're saying like, look, we are working for our way of life and currently as things stand, we cannot live on the wages that we make. Like it's just, it is not worth it and it has to be worth it. Like you guys need the things that we make. And you know, I, I respect the fuck out of that. I respect the fuck out of motherfuckers getting active in a real effective way. No performative ass fucking bullshit. You're on the streets to fucking make change for yourself and your fucking family. It's not a goddamn game. 
And I, I say this and I tone it this way because the next article, in my opinion, does not do that. Uh, but let me let me wait. I'm getting ahead of myself. My bad. There is a um, Germany update that I'm, I'm about to miss here. On Monday, hundreds of German farmers used tractors to block ports, including Hamburg, one of the busiest European hubs for container shipping, and protest at plans by the German Chancellor Olaf Scholz to scrap agricultural subsidies. The government has partially uh, compromised, but not enough to satisfy angry farmers. Because it's not enough. It's just simply not a fucking enough. And, um, you know, kudos to them for, you know, continuing the shit until they get what they need. Um, so vibes for that. But yeah, let me move on to the next bump. Also French-related, uh, from GMA, or Good Morning America, activists splatter Mona Lisa with soup in Louvre, Le Louvre? In Louvre Museum in Paris. Paris. Gay Paris. Activists splattered the, ga- the glass-covered Mona Lisa painting with soup at the Louvre in Paris on Sunday, according to the food security group behind the protest. <coughs> Excuse me. Two women opened thermoses and splashed the famous Leonardo da Vinci painting at about 10, p- or 10 a.m., said the group reposti alimentary or food response a video posted online by the group showed streaks of splashes of orange on the bulletproof glass and blue wall behind the painting the women uh who the group identified as sasha 24 and marie juliette 63 then crossed behind the protective wooden railing stood on either side of the painting and called for the integration of food into the general social security system that's a great ideal i love that there's nothing wrong with the with the message here if you ask me um i, I fucking respect that shit but i've said this before on the fucking podcast and i'll say it a goddamn again Performative activism like this to me makes no goddamn sense and it literally seems useless and or net negative to me because when I see this and I think when like the average bear sees this, I know I shouldn't speak for everybody or whatever, I shouldn't speak for the masses, but I think it's so easy to get caught up in the fact that, oh, this person is trying to like ruin art. Like this person is trying to like do this like hand jivey ass statement to get attention for the thing that their pet project, whatever it is. And you just get immediately turned off to the point that you stop listening to what's being said. You know what I mean? And I, and I know maybe some people want to lump it all into performative, you know, protest or whatever, activism. But to me, when we're talking about what the farmers are doing, that's something that is jamming up people's commutes. Yes, that fucking sucks. Yeah, it's a fucking bummer. But it makes you think, why would someone go through go to all these links and do this kind of shit that potentially could get them into real legal trouble? Why would they do this? And then you go, oh, well, it's because they need to do this. This is a do or die thing. When meanwhile, you just have people doing things that look like it's straight out of a fucking TikTok and you just don't care about it. You just, it just seems dumb and they sound dumb and you don't give a shit about what they're saying, even though there is merit to it. You know what I mean? I don't want to discount them completely, but I'm just telling you there are certain kind of protests that are effective and, and others that are just distracting and, you know, search your heart, do, do, use your brain, figure that out. I think, you know. I think this is a waste of fucking soup, if you ask me. Um, but yeah, and then it would be even more fucked up, in my opinion, if you actually fucked up the Mona Lisa. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no, the, the art is worth it. Like, no, dude. Like, 
you could do some other things to get your point across and it would actually be more effective than trying to like, I don't know, ruin a cool piece of art or fuck up something that people like. Like, this doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't click for me. Maybe I'm missing it. I don't know. If, if you if you think this is the way and, and you can, and, you know, you want to try to convince me, by all means, hit the comments or whatever. I don't know. But um, agriculture is responsible for 21% of national greenhouse gas emissions and contributes greatly to the deterioration of our biodiversity and impoverishment of soils due to massive inputs, uh, or due to the massive use of inputs. Um, that was a statement by the group. So, you know, I mean, they're obviously really passionate about this, but I just think there are better forms of protest than trying to, you know, once again, throw soup at a bulletproof glass Mona Lisa. And then it just it also I will say it's corny ass and, and weird for the the security of the Louvre. They like pull out these like partitions and like all the staff like like run up like some weird phalanx. And I'm like, well, this isn't helping either. And this is it just it just looks like the saddest like performed thing you ever see. And, and these always look like that to me. Uh, I yeah uh, I don't know you know uh, that's it that's all I have to say about that. All right, we have one more thing to talk about, and I'm gonna call it good news. I think it's great. Um, I love space. I love, uh, space news. So yeah, um, let me take my break and then we'll get into it. Yeah. I mean, really this story, it combines a lot of things I like. I like space. I like Japan. I like space and Japan collaboration. Not quite as cool as Hello Kitty Gundam crossover. That shit is legendary, but, you know, it's up there. <coughs> okay, from NPR. The, Jap the Japanese Moonlander gets back to work after the sun reaches its solar panels. A Japanese moon explorer is up and running Monday after several tense days without the sunlight it needed to generate power. Japan's first lunar mission hit its target in a precision touchdown on January 20th, but landed the wrong way up, leaving its solar panels unable to see the sun. But with the dawn of the lunar day, it appears that the probe has power. The Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency, or JAXA, said Monday that it successfully established communication with the probe Sunday night, and the craft has resumed its mission, taking pictures of the moon's surface and transmitting them to the Earth. After a last-minute engine failure caused the Smart Lander for Investigating Moon, or SLIM, to make a rougher-than-planned landing, though people gave them so much credit for how accurate they were and, like, how, like, good of a decision it was and how they made it happen, um, they are like, yo, that was, like, super cool, like, kudos. Uh, JAXA used battery power to gather as much data possible about the touchdown and the probe surroundings. The craft was then turned off to wait uh, the sun to rise, to wait for the sun to rise, higher in the lunar sky in late January. So I gotta tell you guys, I gotta be full, full real here, full disclosure. I had heard about this shit like maybe a day or so after, and I was like, oh fuck, it looks like a mission failure. Like they had a like soft landing, and that was cool, but like it looks like the thing's fucked. And I was so upset, cause I was like, oh man, like this is so cool, I just told you guys how cool it was, and it was like, they made it like the impossible happen a little bit. And, like, I got to tell you guys that this is a failure. And I was like, wait, let's just wait. Let's just hold out. I'm sure I'm going to get another, like, update, good or bad. 
and, um, you know, we'll update then. And I'm so glad that the update was good and that they, you know, were able to pull off yet again another miracle and actually get the thing back up and running. Um, I will say, though, I learned today, once again, listening to BBC, that um, a lunar night is like 14 days. So, like, that's deep. That's crazy. Um, they don't get much sun. I mean, I, or I guess they do like, you know, it's just all with the turning, you know, I don't know, you know, you know, I'm no scientist. I'm no astronaut. Anyway, um, let's see here. A black and white photo posted by JAXA on social media showed the rocky lunar surface, including a rock. The agency said it had named Toy Poodle after seeing it in initial images. Um, you can guess why it's called Toy Poodle. It looks like a toy poodle. Um, oh, ooh, excuse me. I hit that burp raw. My bad. Um, the probe is analyzing six rocks, all of which have been given names, um, have been given the names of dog breeds. Uh, Slim is expected to have enough sun to continue operations for several Earth days, possibly until Thursday. Jackson said it's not clear if the craft will work again after another severely cold lunar night, which I said lasts a long time. Um, so yeah, um, just a very cool, interesting update. I'm glad it was good news that we kind of get to, to land on, if you will. And, uh, yeah, that's the episode. If you'd like to help out and support, I do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Isaiah News. I shout out all my, my newsies at the top of the month and plug a project if you'd like. And then let's see, uh, freeways hit me up, news one at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, etc um you can follow me or the podcast there hit me up there um a super way a super good way great way to help out the podcast subscribing to the youtube telling your friends subscribe to the youtube they don't even have to listen just tell them hey just hit that button just one time for the one time just do it you know what i mean what a crazy guy it'd be so wild if you did that just boop um and that helps out a ton uh thumbs up help out a lot uh cool little comments that's always well and good and I mean, but hell, you know what? You're a fucking legend for even pressing play. And you're a mythic legend for making it all the way this far, making it through all the burps and all that. Like, you're you're a mad lad. I love that for us. That's great. Um, and yeah, hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.